That's not a meme. And it's very important if you're going to understand the principles of the way memes work to distinguish between the things that we copy from others, that we learn by copying from others, which only humans can do and other animals can hardly do at all, and all the ordinary kinds of learning for yourself, learning skills and all those kinds of things, which other animals can do too. Is this a scientific concept? Are you talking about something more than just an idea for how evolution works, more than a kind of a good metaphor for how ideas are passed on to the next generation? It's not a metaphor. I'll be absolutely clear about that. It's not a metaphor. It is a way of describing the way culture evolves. Is it a scientific idea? Well, nah. It kind of depends what you mean. I mean, it is certainly not a really successful scientific idea. To be that, it would have to lead to testable predictions that have turned out to be more accurate than predictions from other theories, and we certainly are not at that stage. Is it scientific in the sense of being based on scientific theory and potentially testable? Absolutely, yes. It's really just an application of universal Darwinism. Darwin, in the first place, realized something that seems kind of blindingly obvious when you understand it and just so peculiar when you don't, which is that if you take anything and make lots of copies of it and all the copies vary a little bit and then you kill off nearly all the copies so that only a very few or only one survives and then you make copies from that and you just keep doing that, then design must appear out of, well, it looks like out of nowhere, it's not, but you know, design will appear, design for function will appear. That's how all of biology works, and the whole concept of memetics is to say exactly that same principle is at work every time, let's say, we record a radio program, and uh, lots of people listen to some radio programs and tell their friends to listen to it, and, and so on and so on, or it gets copied onto some other station or whatever, and other boring radio programs, well, hardly anyone listens, and they never get copied, and nobody ever bothers with them again. So it's the same principle, and that is a scientific principle for sure. So, so for all practical purposes, you're saying memes are essentially something that humans do. And in fact, you have called us the meme machine. In yes. fact, you even wrote a book with that title. Are you saying that this is a different way of, of helping us think about what it means to be human? Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I make all these outrageous claims, but some of them have turned out to be right, I think. It is a bit outrageous. But yes, I mean, my idea about human origins is that it was when we became capable of imitation, or our ancestors became capable of imitation, that everything changed. That suddenly we let loose another layer of evolution, a new replicator, a new kind of evolution, which then took us on, if you like, and forced our brains to grow bigger and bigger, to handle more and more memes, putting this this pressure on brain size until our brains got so big that women's bodies couldn't give birth to, to bigger ones. It sounds like you're actually saying there's kind of a competition between memes and genes. Memes are not yes. just an enhancement of our genetic makeup. Exactly. And this is where my view of human evolution and of human language and human culture differs from every other kind of theory we have. In the end, all other theories come down to there must be some advantage to the genes. But mimetic theory says Yes, but that's only part of the story. Mimetic advantage is competing. There's a co-evolutionary competition, co-adaptation between these two replicators. And a lot of things about humans can only be explained if you can see that it was the memes putting the pressure on rather than the genes. How so? What can only be explained through mimetic theory? I'm saying this is my viewpoint. I don't think sure, many no, people would agree with it. But if you take language, for example, I think almost every theory would say that language was an adaptation 
for the sake of the genes. You know, we needed to communicate or it was useful to communicate and so language developed or evolved from tool use or whatever. The mimetic idea is that language began as a parasite and then turned into a symbiont. So it, it was a parasite in the sense that once people could start imitating sounds, they would imitate them and the sounds would compete to get copied and the people would find themselves making the sounds which were, for whatever reason, dependent on the kind of brains, the kind of environment, whatever, became more popular. And then there would be pressure on the brains to get bigger and be able to copy more of those. And of course, supporting a big brain is very expensive from the genes point of view. You've got to build all these neurons, you've got to uh, myelinate them with fatty substances. They use an, a huge amount of, of the body's energy. And this is all for a parasite. If I'm really allowed to kind of go a bit wild with speculation, it looks dangerous, that process to me. And I just wonder whether conceivably other branches of the hominid's family may have died out because this was just too much pressure to take. I think of it kind of like many diseases which begin as...